Tone Benders, a sound designer's podcast. Here are your hosts, Timothy and Renee. Okay. All right, I am in my car. I'm doing this podcast from my PCM D50 here. And the reason I'm doing that from my car instead of from in the studio is because I am on my way to go get into a fight. Now, why in the world is that part of the Tone Benders podcast? Well, the answer is because what I'm going to attempt to do today is an episode about experiencing and recording heightened moments, Um, you know, moments that are uh, experiences that you remember and that uh, stand out in your life as you look back at them. There are a lot of experiences that happen as heightened moments that can take you by surprise that you don't necessarily see coming. Like, for instance, if you were to get in a car wreck or um, if you were to, you know, witness something unexpected. Those types of things, you can't plan for them and you're never really rolling on them. Um, So the unexpected heightened experiences are just kind of little mental treasures that you try and store away and draw back on later when you need to recreate something in those, in those veins. But there are other heightened experiences that you can see coming and that you can plan for. Um, and I think it's important in some of those cases when you're when you know there's at least a very high potential for one of those heightened experiences to try and record it Um, you know I've done that quite a bit the the first time my baby boy truly unquestionably laughed Um, I was not rolling on that but you better believe the next time he did it, I was. Um, there's a lot of little kind of babbly things that he's been doing since he was born that I've been rolling on. Um, I have very vivid memories of the first time I walked into Texas Stadium during a Cowboys game back before they imploded Texas Stadium. Um, and I have similar memories of the first time I walked into the American Airlines Center after it was built for a Stars game. And, you know, I have a lot of memories of watching those particular sports teams on TV for years, long before I had the opportunity to witness them in person. And when you do go witness something that's kind of important to you and larger than life in person, uh, it leaves a mark on your mind. And, and it invokes an emotional response And that's what sound is. That's what sound design is. It's about creating an emotion. Um, And that's what art is in general, but but sound is kind of really good at it. 
at creating emotions. So when you can see an emotional event coming, you know, you, you tend to record it. And the couple of things that I've noticed in my years of doing that kind of thing, of recording the emotional things, is A, the recordings never live up to the in-person experience. Um, they often never come close. Uh, going back to Texas Stadium, the implosion of Texas Stadium was such a visceral, physical experience for me. Uh, not only because I grew up my, my whole childhood watching my favorite football team play in that stadium. Um, sorry, Eagles fans and Redskins fans and Giants fans. That's Cowboys here. But, you know, I, I grew up watching that stadium. And, you know, and then I watched it fall in person. But beyond that, just the physical force of the TNT as it was shaking the earth um, was something that my recording of it could never, ever hope to reproduce. Um, the same thing is pretty true of most weapon recordings I've done and come across. You know, the, uh, the feeling, the true feeling of being in the proximity of a shotgun um, is just very, very different from being in the room when you hear the playback of that recording. You know, it's just, it's never going to be the same. But with that said, the recordings are still worthwhile because as I look back on my library of things that I have and that I use, a lot of my most treasured recordings are those recordings of those heightened emotional moments. Um, because even though they don't live up to the actual human experience of those moments, they, uh, they still outshine kind of everything else um, in those recordings, you know, as far as other things that are being recorded, you know. Um, with a couple of minor exceptions, things like really beautiful rain recordings and really beautiful wind recordings tend to also live up in my mind. Um, and like, I don't know why, but horses and wood and that type of stuff tends to also live up um, without having had that emotional response in time. But those are, to me, the exceptions that prove the rule that the recordings that I have of, you know, the Stars scoring the overtime winner in Game 6 against the Sharks in the playoffs to send them to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I remember standing there next to Jeff Kay. I've got the recording of Jeff Kay going, oh yeah, you know, it was Brendan Morrow that scored on the front. Like, I have a very visceral memory of that moment. And I happen to be recording that sound with this very recorder um, on that day. And I guarantee you, I have used that recording from that moment in countless Dallas Stars things because that was one of my best ones. Um, so all of that is to say that what I'm driving towards right now is the expectation of a heightened experience, a highly emotional, highly physical experience 
that I'm going to go participate in, that the recording will not do it justice, but my hope is that at the end of it, the recording will at least be uh, useful and interesting and something that I'm proud of. I'm not bringing some big recording rig out. I'm just using my PCMD50, uh, partly because I don't, I have to worry about getting punched in the face more than I have to worry about how my recording's going, <laughs> you know. Um, and partly because I want to kind of keep it kind of low profile. I don't want to really have to ask a lot of permission to do this. I'm just going to break it out and use it um, in, the, in the moment out there. So there's that. Um, what, I'm, what I'm about to go do is sparring right now. I don't spar a lot. And sparring is not high-level boxing fighting, right? It's controlled. We're wearing headgear. We're wearing big 16-ounce gloves. And we are, we're there to work and we're there to learn and we're there to you know, get better at this particular sport. With that said, it's, it's freestyle. It's very open. And it's, um, you know, there is very real live shots that I'm going to be firing at the other guy and that he's going to be firing at me, at my head and at my body, and he's going to be trying to hit me. And if he succeeds, and he will because he's faster than me, um, it's going to hurt. So... When you walk into a situation like that, it is a heightened emotional state. Um, it's, it's damn near spiritual, which is kind of why I keep doing it. Um, he, uh, the guy that I'm going to be sparring with, we're, we're buddies, you know, and he's 10 years younger than me. Uh, he's in better shape than me. He's faster than me. But he's also... 20 pounds lighter than me, uh, much smaller than me uh, as far as height and reach is concerned, um, less disciplined, you know, less technical than I am. And I feel like I can hang with him as far as speed. I don't think he's just going to speed demon me out of the water, right? So, and we, you know, we, we work together in the gym quite a bit. We haven't gone at each other, you know, 80 or 90 or hundred percent, like we're going to go today, but you know, we work quite a bit. So we're familiar with each other. We're comfortable with each other. If one of us hurts the other guy for real, then the other one is going to back off, right? That's just, that's the nature of sparring is at least at this level, right? I'm not going to go be some world beater. So if I actually hurt him, um, in any in any meaningful way, I'm going to back off, and and the same is true, you know, in the other direction. With that said, you still catch hard shots when you spar. Um, you know, the sounds that I'm going to get are going to be different from the sounds that are happening in my head. And what I what I hope to do afterwards is go back and listen to the recording that I'm getting, and and then kind of do a post-mortem, a little bit of kind of what I heard versus what I recorded, um, just to kind of spell that out a little bit. The sounds that you hear in your head 
when you're fighting, um, it's a little bit of your own breath. It's a lot of the other guy. Um, and it's like your own heartbeat. Like you hear your heart going, goo-goo, 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 goo-goo. and you hear your breath. <sighs> but there's a bunch of actual sounds. Like, you know, because we video all of our spars. And so as I'm going back and watching the spars back, I'm listening to the sound too. And it's amazing how radically different it sounds on playback compared to how it sounded in the moment. Because the thing, a lot of what you hear on playback is the footsteps on the ring. Um, you know, and before I started boxing, I didn't realize like what was under that canvas, and it's just planks of plywood sitting on a frame. And the reason it's plywood, loose plywood sitting on a frame, is because that's the best compromise you can do to give yourself solid footing, but yet still have a floor that gives a little bit if you if you take a blow and, and go down, right? So you're not landing on concrete; you're landing on something that gives a little bit, but you still have solid footing. But what happens is, as you're bouncing around that ring, all you hear is it sounds like people just kicking wood. Um, so there's that. But hopefully, I'm also going to get, you know, some good sounds of you know landing some shots, landing some shots on the guard, throwing shots. You know, you breathe a lot when you throw a shot. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of kind of what happens with me is I I kind of have this this breath thing, this you know, because what you have to do is you have to push out with your breath, clench your core, and bite down on your mouth guard when you throw a shot. Otherwise, if you get caught while you're throwing, and that's your most likely time that you will get caught, um, if you're not clenching your stomach and biting your mouth guard, you could really, you get hurt more than you would be if you weren't doing that. <laughs> so you have to, you know, kind of, you may end up making this noise where you, where you breathe out um, through gritted teeth every time you throw a shot just out of self-protection so I'm going to catch some of that I'm going to catch a lot of the feet most likely you know I'm going to take this recorder I'm going to put it out in the corner of the ring you know um, you're going to hear the, uh, the typical boxing bell go which is not in a, in a boxing gym it's not like a, a bell that you hear like at a, at a at a heavyweight fight you know at a pro level fight it's a, it's a beeper it goes dee, dee, dee. you know that's kind of what it is. You hear that in every boxing gym all over the world. So that's going to be a very iconic sound that I need to catch because I know that's not in my library either. You know, and I, I'm not going into this with the intention really of catching, you know, a lot of kind of close up, impactful, usable in a boxing movie kind of sounds. Because um, that's just not what I'm going to get with my mics and with my technique for this. I'm just going into it to kind of capture it otherwise. Um, to kind of capture it in a little bit more of an ambient, almost dreamy state. And then, um, and then evaluate it afterwards. Again, these are moments that are highly emotional. They're heightened experiences. The recordings are never going to live up, but you should still make them anyway. And... Um, and there you have it. So in a moment, I will be in the gym, and we'll see what goes down. Oh, 
those are the best two scoring rounds. I work some fouls. I'm literally just going to put it there. There's still stuff to work on. Okay, so it's now a couple of days later, and I just listened to it again, and I've had some time to kind of gain some perspective on both how that felt in real life versus how it sounds on playback. And what I'm finding is that it actually sounds pretty damn intense on playback. In real life, I'm trying very hard to maintain composure maintain my uh, focus to not get too amped up to stay calm in there so that I can see what's happening because in boxing if you get real amped up you start to uh, get tight and you start to lose your ability to see shots coming at you and then react appropriately you also start to lose your ability to just see what your opponent's strategy tends to be and consequently, you lose your ability to form a counter strategy and do different things against them if your brain just completely locks up. So I try real hard while I'm actually in there to stay as loose and relaxed as I possibly can. And I felt like on the day, in the moment in there, I did a pretty decent job of that. On review, the couple of times I did actually get tagged, my brain still kind of locked up and my legs still kind of locked up, but it was pretty momentary. If you were to see the video, which you can't because this is an audio podcast, but if you were to see the video, I, I did pretty well. I didn't get hit with very much. I did a lot of kind of blocking and shifting and a lot of the, the shots that you hear landing were actually me landing shots on the other guy. Not all of them, but a fair amount of them. I'm really pleased with how much non-footstep stuff showed up in the recordings, how much you actually did hear the shots landing and the breath and the, you know, the kind of grunting and the other stuff that goes on there that's above where the, what the footsteps do. The footsteps are an important part of the sound. It's, it's a lot of what you actually hear when you're in there in the ring, but I'm glad that the, that, that the actual punches landing rated as well too, because of where I ended up placing the recorder I ended up putting it kind of down almost at the mat in the middle, not at one of the corners, but in the middle, kind of about, I don't know, six inches above the mat and trying to shoot it up as much as I could. And I put the mics in XY as opposed to any kind of um, wide setting. So the proximity to the mat was, was going to um, increase the, uh, the amplitude of the footsteps anyway. So again, I'm, I'm just kind of happy that there was more than just footsteps that came through that. Some other things that really show up that really kind of do translate how I was feeling versus what, what showed up in the recording was just how out of breath I was at the end of that. And you can hear it, but I think you can also hear just the, the amount of actual moving and energy that it takes to spar a couple of one minute rounds. What you heard there was a setup 60 seconds of sparring, a 60 second break, and then 60 seconds of sparring again. So you're only got you're only moving around at two minutes, but you're moving around at damn near a hundred percent for two minutes, which is a lot. And and you can hear kind of in between rounds and right afterwards the degree to which that really does wear you out. And I think that translated very well also. I'm I'm very happy with 
how much I was able to catch just with the built-in mics on the recorder. The recorder, again, was placed kind of in the middle of one of the sides of the ring. I, my corner that I kept retreating to um, between rounds was basically exactly to the right of the recorder. The coach was standing at the corner in between me and my opponent, so he was standing exactly to the left of the recorder. My sparring partner was, if you were to be standing in the coach's shoes, to the corner to his left, so exactly diagonal from where I was at. And one of the, uh, one of the other guys in the gym, the British guy, his name's Will, he was basically between the coach and the other guy's corner in a chair a few feet back. And even though he's kind of that far away, the D50 really caught his comments between rounds really well. Um, I felt like it captured the whole, uh, the whole room really well. There was another coach giving a lesson to somebody behind the recorder, like almost exactly 180 degrees behind the recorder. And so, you know, the recorder did capture him because it's going to catch everything in the room, but it actually did a pretty good job of focusing on what was happening in the ring, despite having a very broad pickup pattern. Overall, I'm real, real happy with how that turned out. I'm surprised, I think, a little bit that it turned out as well as it did. There's an immediacy to it. There's kind of a gritty realism to it that still plays as high fidelity to my ears, especially compared to, you know, the camera audio that I'm usually listening to. So that made me, that made me really happy as far as how that worked. It sounded very kind of gritty and real and yet still hi-fi. And my particular recording style really does kind of ask for that. It also sounded a lot more direct than I expected it to sound. I expected it to be more verby than it ended up being. And that may be a function of the boxing ring itself because the boxing ring is a bunch of plywood sitting on a frame with a little bit of padding sitting on top of the plywood. So the padding may have done a pretty nice job of kind of damping down any reflections because basically that whole thing is sitting in a big concrete room. Ain't nothing else in there but that padding. But fortunately, the padding is exactly where the action is happening. So the padding may have done a pretty decent job of handling what was happening acoustically in that spot. So not nearly as reverby as I expected it to be. I expected it to be so washed out that it would never, ever be usable. And honestly, I don't really think that's the case. I think it, I think it is usable for certain contexts. So there it is. That's just my quick little uh, experiment of having a very real, very uh, intense moment in real life and anticipating that, understanding that I'm going into one of those things and then recording it and evaluating it afterwards. You know, I didn't really get hit with anything hard in that, in that sparring. I didn't really get shaken up or hurt in any way, partially because I'm, I'm relatively big compared to the guy I was sparring against and partially because my skill level is slowly increasing enough to where I can defend myself to the point where I don't get hit a lot. So I came out of the back end of that spar happy, excited, not worried, not distressed, not hurt, not injured. And I think that influences a little bit the degree 
to which I feel like I actually did capture it. Because if I did end up really taking a blow, really getting hit hard, catching a hard shot, the recording will never do that justice. Because I have taken hard shots before. The sound of that, of actually taking a hard shot, never really does it justice. But in a situation like this where I didn't take a real hard shot, I think the recording does justice to the entire experience. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised by the degree to which it really did do justice to that. So, uh, so I'm very happy with that. So there it goes. There's my short little uh, self-indulgent Tone Benders episode. Thanks for checking it out. We will uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to Tone Benders. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, please write us a review while you're there. To support the show, go to ToneBendersPodcast.com and click through our Amazon link or leave us a tip. You can also download and listen to our entire show archive there and leave a comment on our site or on SoundCloud. Keep up to date by following at the Tone Vendors on Twitter or find Tone Vendors Podcast on Facebook. Email us with your questions and ideas at info at tonevendorspodcast.com.